Hello and welcome back to the In The Can Podcast. As always, I'm Devin, and this week I'm with... James. And Tom. And we're going to be doing our weekly breakdown this time. We didn't do one last week because it was just Tom and I. So uh, this time we're going to do past two weeks, what we've seen, whether they're good or bad. Uh, and then we're going to be jumping into uh, kind of filling James in on who got Oscar nominations for the second half of this episode. So first off, how are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Start of a new year, and hopefully things will get even better than they were starting to get last year. Doing really well so far. Uh, and, yeah, I'm now down to one job, so that makes me even happier. More time to do other things. Nice. Cool. Right. And so. I, might, I might get into scope trades sometimes in the next month or two. Nice. I'm real happy about that. I no longer work for a movie theater, so going to see movies for free anymore is going to be a thing of the past. Welcome to the glorious, you know... Having to pay for movies. Welcome to mundane life. It sucks. Here's your helmet. Damn it. Here's your helmet. We meet on Tuesdays. <laughs> I got rid of that it's helmet Sunday, though. when we stopped playing yeah. Deadlands. <laughs> Damn, I missed that. There's a deep cut for those of you who don't listen to the podcast. That, right? That, All right. I missed that, actually. So, uh, <laughs> first off, who would like to talk about the movies that they've seen over the past couple of weeks? Yeah. I have quite a list. So, uh, so you know what? I'll go first, then, because okay. I think i got the shortest list. Because uh, it's two movies. Knives Out and 1917. Well, I think we've all seen 1917. Yes, yep. we so and we've we'll, all we'll seen we'll Knives Out We'll talk about that last. Yeah, you guys saw Knives Out before I did. Yeah. yeah. I, it was enjoyable. The actual mystery bit and the way it was presented, all that sort of fun stuff, very well done. And at the end of it, everything was tied up in a nice, neat little bow. Ryan Johnson did a very good job about that. Very well done movie. That being said, in both this and his last movie, which we are not going into deep talks about, I noticed an interesting problem in that the man currently, I don't know if it was any true for any of his earlier films, but probably because he's got a slightly bigger name now, he seems to take a couple side roads away from the interesting plot that he has, that he's able to push forward very well, very good pacing, to talk about whatever topical thing that's happening that he wants to give the middle finger to, essentially. I can see that. Yeah. And this, I will 100% say, Knives Out was not nearly as egregious as Last Jedi was. Because of how it was all set up, it actually kind of made a certain amount of sense. But a couple things where it's like, okay, you were obviously taking the piss on what, what you're talking about and detracted from it just a tad. But thankfully, those were fairly minor and we got back to the fun, interesting plot. Everyone did a phenomenal job acting-wise. Very enjoyable. Would see again. And probably going to see again at some point. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, Tom, let's jump over to you. All right, so the two movies that I saw this week, uh, the first one was Little Women. Okay. I also saw Little Women. And I really enjoyed this movie. I've seen multiple versions of this, and for the longest time, the one with Winona Ryder, uh, as Never saw another Little Joe Women. March, was really good. That when was my was favorite that? for a while. 96, I want to say. Uh, something like yeah, that. The 90s. Yeah. And then know. this one with uh, Saoirse Ronan. Um, and uh, Laura Dern and Emma Watson and all that, uh, Florence Pugh, um, Meryl Streep, Chris 
Cooper, all that jazz. Anyways, uh, was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Um, the thing that I was really drawn to was Saoirse Ronan's character, Joe March. She did an amazing job with it. Her interactions with Timothy Chalamet, who played Laurie, who's like the main male in the movie. The main male pseudo kind of not really love interest. To yeah. Joe Marsh and ultimately Amy. The yeah. Sister. Florence Pugh, yeah. The second oldest sister of the four, three March sisters. She's the youngest, I believe, actually. It the the ages oh, of the that's girls right. are all Beth, over the place. Beth was the, the ages second. of the girls are all over the place. Yeah, anyways. Uh was really interesting. I really enjoyed that. Also too, the take on how the story is told was different from all the others. The other ones are all very are linear. All yeah, they're all very linear from the beginning of the story to the end. Oh, uh, it's a Tarantino movie? No. Uh, this one's like that. They start jumping around and they never tell you, except by cinematography context. Like, this one's slightly pale, like, uh, colder, and that's after what happens to Beth happens, or when they're going back home five years later, seven years later, and then this is when they're younger, so it's a little bit more vibrant, a little bit more bright and colorful. Yeah. So they actually do a really good job of mixing the two timelines. Yeah. Don't really ever get confused of which timeline you're in. Okay. No. So it basically, it starts in the middle of the story and t gets to the finish by telling you context of how they got to the middle and continued on. Yeah, and it's so okay. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that as a as a storytelling. It can be done. It can be done very well. Yeah, it is actually done really well. Yeah, fantastic. So I, so I assume you were also kind of with Tom yeah, in that I, very well done movie. I genuinely really liked it. Um, I realize I've never actually sat down and watched any of the other movies. Okay, it's not really been mine. On the, been on the background, but you haven't yeah. actually watched watch it. And I, I love Sersha, so I seeing her as Joe Marsh was cool. Uh. And I thought she was like a perfect fit as that kind of tomboy type character that doesn't want anything to do with like doesn't want to be nailed down, wants to go and do her own thing, and then the others all have their own um uh, their own little stories. But I love the costume design and how each of the mm -hmm. each of the characters made basically the same costumes their own. Yeah. Like she'll have um uh, Joe Marsh had like a um would have a masculine coat over a feminine dress. And then the younger sister, um, Amy Florence Pugh's character would have like very feminine with like kind of self or like fairy wings coming off the back, mm -hmm. wanting to go and help, wanting to go and be with the other girls and not allow. So you're saying the costuming's really good. The costuming's really yeah. good. It, it stands out that it, really, it's not like Elizabeth, the golden age, style but like each of the characters has a very particular costume so i i won't lie i have absolutely no desire to see this it which probably should have wouldn't surprise either of you no the big thing that because i don't even remember seeing any trailers or anything for like at all i saw one or two yeah, yeah i saw a couple I've seen more for emma than i have for little women yeah, yeah. which also i that i'm is actually no way I i'm totally down to see it I'm curious because i like the cast well the last version of that movie that came out was with um, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, she has a kid named Apple. Gwyneth Paltrow. That'd be it. Played the main character. Wow, that's there's a there's a connector. I mean, I was gonna say has a candle that smells like a vagina, but I mean, okay. Well, there's that too. Anyway, so 
again, I have absolutely no I no idea about anything with little with little women. I can hazard a guess, but are we talking more Victorian or we're going more Little House on the Prairie? Uh, it's just after Little House on the Prairie. I'd no, because it's, it's just after Civil War. Yeah, I'd say it's more Little House so, on the Prairie style, though, instead of like Victorian. Got it. Okay, Home on the Range. Got it. <clears throat> yeah, kind of. I I don't mind Slice of Life, but ye, even though it's not technically, but either. Either Little House on the Prairie, Ye Old Slice of Life, irritates me, and I don't know why. So it, I, I cannot. I, I know that even if I was, and it would be forced, if I were forced to watch it, I don't think I'd be able to give an unbiased opinion, just because I do not like. I saw the trailer for Emma, and it pissed me off. Well, Emma is hardcore English Victorian era. Yeah, I know, but I've got the same thing. My, my mother grew up watching uh, the Waltons and as such we kind of had that on the background and I did not care for it and it's kind of the same this is more glory ask that means nothing unfortunately the movie glory no okay don't worry about it. um civil war movie it's nice. a well done movie it, it's definitely not like we're definitely not the target demographic I no no I wouldn't even buy if it wasn't up for an Oscar and it wasn't Saoirse Roman I wouldn't have bothered watching it I would have probably gone to see it, but that's because I took my mother to go see it. And I can see that. Plus, not only that, but it's Louisa May Alcott. So, if you're not familiar with her as an author, not off okay. Of my head, so no. she wrote Little Women. Oh, I know that. I, um, I, I, and the no, cool thing is, is there's a point where you see Little Women by Louisa May Alcott, and it's the cover for it, the original cover, and then by the end they've switched over to Little Women by Joe Marsh. Oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah, and it's the exact same style and everything like that, and it's her initials instead of yeah. Louisa May Alcott. But like so. I said, I know this is not I this is not a movie for me. This is one where if I were to go, I'd be I'd be that typical male stereotype to just ah oh, get through this. Uh, which I is, was amazed there were like three probably nineteen twenty year old boys in the theater, and they were like all in. I'm like, hey, good for them. Okay, like they were like that Absolutely. traditional like jock bro looking. Hey, but good they were for like them. having fun. I'm like, all right. Yeah, like That's the aesthetic. Weird. I think I think it's mainly the aesthetic and to a certain extent the values. It's like I don't like the slice of the old school slice of life. It's very drab. It's very boring. It's very yeah. I kind of had the same. I think this one actually does really well with this. Yeah. So Joe hardcore fights the stereotypes as a character. That's that's kind of what I was hearing from from YouTube. She's uh, really good. Amy kind of falls in because she realizes that that's the only way that she's going to actually get a life that she wants. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, you have Beth and whatever... Meg. Yeah, Meg. Meg is the second oldest, right? That's uh, Emma Watson's character. Oh, the second oldest. You are definitely, like, locked into something at that point. She needs... She wants to get married. That's her thing. Yeah, she wants to get married, and she ends up uh, marrying a poor tutor. Wait, Emma Watson plays a character who whose goal in life is to get married. Yes, there is something funny actually, about that. I actually really liked Emma Watson in this, but she to me she felt like where Saoirse Ronan and Florence Pugh like feel unknown, even though she Saoirse Ronan's gotten a bunch of Oscars nominations now. Emma Watson was that one that stood out as like, oh, that's Hermione. Like, oh, that's she will always have that, that other movie. So she felt not. Not miscast, but it was just kind of this... Right. That's a weird choice. And also, too, the thing is, is this actually showcases the fact that she's not the young girl that we've seen in everything else, but she's 
definitely older now. She's going on the old maid's tire. She needs to get married. Well, I mean, by that point, if you're 20 years old, you're old. So either, either way, it does not... I won't pass judgment on it because it is definitely not my not yeah, my type yeah. of movie, so I will not try to give any guff on it. I will say, no matter my absolute disdain for like the Victorian, the the old West kind of prairie slice of life stuff, the costuming is usually phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. costuming was great. Lori's costuming was awesome. Oh, the yeah, because it was uh, constantly Shelmish. him. Yeah, it was constantly him with. Uh, loose cuffs at the bottom, and looking like he's this like, he's the rich, sort of dressed down. He's the rich boy next door, basically. Oh, that's that nice. becomes friends with all the four girls and kind of develops a crush on Joe Marsh, but she's like not interested, and he's just kind of like this rich boy that hangs around with these four girls, and then later on he becomes this like drunk rich boy that like is. Kind of like a lush, like just, you know, I followed a girl throughout, throughout Europe and stuff. And it's like, very right. Tony Stark. Yeah, very Tony Stark. Yeah, but, and then he gets put yeah. in his place and then he goes, maybe this is a lifestyle I should be having. Yeah. And then falls in love with one of the girls again. So. A different one, isn't it? Yeah. That's amazing. The youngest one. The one yeah. that. Amy. Yeah. And. Last I thing. mean, the story's been out for a while. So yeah. I mean, not. the. Story's been out since like what, yeah. centuries now. At this the point? century, at least eighteen hundreds. Yeah, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen. He falls in love with the girl that basically wants to fulfill her dream, but she needs she needs like money and status. So it's almost like he goes, "Well, you can marry me and have that status, and less like marry me and be my wife and dote on me. It's more do your thing that you want to do." So it, it's a nice character moment. Kind of, she immediately thing. says no. <laughs> I'm not second fiddle to my sister. It's like, damn, I actually didn't see that coming. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, written in 1868 and 1869, published in two volumes. Yeah. One, 150 years then. Yeah. yeah. It's literally been 150 So years. if you haven't read it, too dang bad, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the only thing I know about Little Women is the names, and that's purely because of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Okay. They used it for the ghosts in the, in the Forest Temple. Yep. But I enjoyed the movie. Uh, not my favorite of the year by far, but... Better than you were expecting? Yeah, better than I was expecting. Yeah. Hey, you know what? All things considered, that's kind of the best you can hope for. Right. Uh, the second movie I saw was Parasite. All right. What did you think? I need to still. Oh, uh, wow. So it is now tied for my number one for the year with oh. 1917. Which we'll get to. Uh, and uh, Jojo Rabbit's number two. But this was... Oh, so, it was brutal and funny all at the same time, and I loved it. I loved right. every second from the beginning to the end, and without giving anything away, the twist that they throw in there is just like... There's like six of them. The the big, big one, though, mm-hmm. near the I, end. I know I'm the like, one you're talking about. I'm yeah, like, so she, yeah. ho, 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 I can't believe that happened, and I kind of saw it coming, but didn't. Alright, then. But other than that, like, the... Like, everything involving it, the cinematography, everything, gorgeous. Yeah. The uh, production design, incredible. Like... We had a really good year last year we for did. movies. Yeah. Like, they, they were a bit spread out, but the, the ones that were really, like, hit that good spot, they they hit it, like, solid. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, and, like, the house that they used was beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. And I just, everything about it, like, the characters were good, the people who played them were all fantastic. Yeah. They I all did a really Song good Kang. job. Song Kang Ho, who plays the poor father, is still one of my favorite actors. Yes, he did such a good job. Cool. Yes, and then um, I really liked the the son. Yeah, uh, Dayun, I think. Yeah, Richard no. Poor, the poor son. Poor son. Okay. Yeah, the one who initiates everything. I think Dayun's the daughter, the rich daughter. <laughs> Damn Asian names. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'll admit I don't remember anyone's name except for Mister Park, who's the rich father. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only one that I remember. Yeah, everyone like the naming schemes. I just never catch on to naming schemes when it comes to. To South Korean films, so. <laughs> it's it's very different. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. And uh, it, the the and then then showing the differences between the rich and the poor was done very well. Okay, so I'm still looking forward to it. That is that is one I definitely want to watch. Try to watch it before we do our breakdown next week. Oh, so I think next week we're going to be talking about all the best picture nominees. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will definitely I will definitely make an effort to watch it before next week. Trust cool. me. Cool. Uh, so anything else other than... Uh, those were the two movies that I saw this week. Other than 1917. Well, yeah, because I saw that for a second time. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> for me, I saw Little Women. Uh, I did rewatch Parasite. It's better the second time. I didn't see 1917. We'll get to that. But I have, like, a whole bunch. Uh, first off, I finished Irishman. That's a sentence I never thought I would... That's that's a movie. It's, that is a singular movie. It's it not like feels a weird that I actually watched a movie and had to watch a movie in two sittings. So, I the first half of the movie I found boring and kind of tedious. The de-aging didn't work for, like, the first half, okay. half of it. And then I thought they got to a point. So, for first off, the de-aging, uh, the first, like, half hour was pretty in-your-face obvious that it's de-aged. But then at a point I thought they just caught up to what De Niro looks like now. And then they started aging him up at certain points but uh nope turns out nope that was all de-aged so wow uh, <laughs> so the hero prop- is actually older than you thought yeah props to props to them because that that was impressive uh from like the hour to three hour mark all of that is still de-aged and that is really impressive so closer to what uh jackson had with cotton marvel yeah um, out of curiosity did because i haven't seen what he looks like now does it look more like Anthony Hopkins old? Uh, From Two Popes? Kinda. Dang. Okay. Yeah, he looks pretty old now, but... Let's run down, too, last, last picture yeah. I saw. And Joe Pesci was pretty bad, too. <laughs> I mean, I as but, much as I love all those actors, I, the years have not been kind to him for the past couple of years. They're, they're getting weathered Yeah, looking. I kind of wish that they, for this particularly, they hired a younger actor and then aged him up, but... That would have been cool. Understand the Scorsese wanting to work with his friends. Um, For sure. As far as the story goes, the first like hour of it is set up of who this guy who paints houses, which means kills people, for the for the mob basically, and it kind of builds into the teamsters. Yeah, yeah, true. And he ends up becoming um, the driver slash bodyguard for Jimmy Hoffa, and it ends up telling the story of the guy that it's not much of a not much of a spoiler but shoots Jimmy or sir, shoots Jimmy Hoffa in the head shoots Jimmy so, Hoffa Jimmy Hoffa uh, shoots Jimmy Hoffa in the head so it's 
ultimately, Jobber. the story of the Irishman is about the guy who, what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> who whacked Jimmy Hoffa. And I went into this movie forgetting for the first hour that Jimmy Hoffa was even in this movie. And I think Ouch. that's the biggest problem, is that the first hour was a good setup, but it felt like a prologue to the actual movie, which started about an hour 25 into it. Oof. So that's kind of a hard sell. And at almost four hours long, it's like three hours forty-five minutes or something like that. Oh, it is a three thirty-nine. It is a long, long movie. And like I've I've sat through Lord of the Rings and I'm perfectly fine entertained all the way through. This hit a point where I'm like, oh my god, how much more to a fist do I have? And I still had two hours left, and so I'm like, I'm done. Pause this, watch it after after Christmas. And came back. Genuinely enjoyed the second half of the movie. Uh, not anything that I'm like, this movie's great, but it was good. I, I enjoyed it. It just, it's my least favorite of the, the Oscar nominees. So Wow. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Oscar nominees, I did catch Jojo Rabbit. And? Um, I genuinely really liked it. Um, it's not in my top two, three of the year, but it's I really, really liked it. That, that um, Jojo Rabbit's also on my list to watch. Oh, yeah. So good. I... I really hope that you get a chance to see it between now and next week. Because, so oh, I'm telling you, the big ones I want to catch over the next week uh, of the actual Oscar nominations is Jojo Rabbit and Parasite. Yeah. Those are the two that like I want to watch this week. Yeah, yeah. I've already pre-ordered my copy of uh, Jojo. Fathers, I mean, it pops up on the on the your movies list and not yeah. in, which, in like pre-reg. Anyway, that is frustrating. Uh, but yeah, I like Jojo Rabbit. Um, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more next as we, week. Either later in this episode as we talk about Oscar nominees or next week. I think it's up for Best Picture. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about it a little bit more next week. Um, uh, I preemptively watched Hustlers expecting Jennifer Lopez to get a nomination for Actress. But she didn't. So so I wasted my time watching the stripper movie. It was actually pretty Wasted decent. your time. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, so it was a movie that I was like just oh, rushing off. Is like meh, it, whatever. Uh, it's it's a wannabe like showgirls, which sucked. But you know, it's like yeah, I'll get to it. But then the fact that it got really high ratings, it got some Oscar buzz. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. It was actually pretty good. Uh, nothing original, nothing super new, but um. Constance Wu is a new, it's a new stripper that starts working at a strip club that, you know, then kind of follows her life for a little bit, and they end up starting to drug men, bring them back to the, the strip club, scan their scan their card, drain their accounts, and then when they call saying, hey, you know, my wife sees that I spent six thousand dollars at a, at a strip club. Okay, never mind. You're good. I'm not gonna not gonna bring that up because then they'd be like, "Do you really want your your wife knowing how much you spent there? Do you really want to admit that you spent twelve thousand dollars at a strip club kind of thing?" And like, they end up getting away with it for a while until they don't. <laughs> yeah, until someone says like, "I eh, know I didn't do that." What the they, hell happened? They steal from the a, a person that has lost everything, and oh, the main dear. character like feels for him. And like, I'm sorry, and they get it on recording and stuff like that. But it was surprisingly a really good movie. Uh, I like Constance Wu, since Crazy Rich Asians, and I thought Jennifer Lopez was pretty good. But I could see why she didn't get the nomination. Yeah, but 
The important question, how were the Tatas? Uh, they were good. Yes. Nice. <laughs> they were quality. Uh, they were all, all no-name people and Cardi B. So... <laughs> Okay, that brings the uh, that brings the movie down. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, Hustlers was fine. It was better than I thought it would be, but I wasn't expecting much. Fair. Um, I also uh, finally got around to watching Missing Link, the newest Leica film about the the famous adventurer played by um, Hugh Jackman, voiced by Hugh Jackman, who finds finds the Sasquatch played by Zach Galifianakis. Yep. So, nope, we're going to continue. Is stop motion animation by the Isn't makers it, of Zoe Saldana, who plays the female. Yeah, Zoe Saldana plays one of the adventurer's ex, ex-loves. And they end up taking the Sasquatch to go and see the Yetis in Tibet. Oh, that movie. Yeah, yeah. it was actually pretty good. Uh, I love the animation. The animation's all stop motion. and I Knock enjoyed that. Pixar, yeah. Huh? Knock off Pixar. Nah, like us. Leica and Pixar are the two best animation houses up there at Ghibli. And I love Leica films. I love Kubo and the Two Strings and so on. This one felt like a step down from Kubo and Box Trolls and uh, Coraline. But I still enjoyed it. Okay. I don't think I've actually seen a Leica movie. Uh, they've had like four or five. Kubo and the Two Strings. Corpse Bride was them as well. Oh, Cor- okay. Oh, I, saw Cor- yeah, yeah. I saw Corpse Bride. Yeah. They did the animation for Corpse Bride. Oh, that was actually really good then. I love their animation. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, I suggest Kubo and the Two Strings for you. I've heard that's a really, really, really good, good one. I I love like just for they make like really unique looking movies. They do. They also did some work on um, the Isle of Dogs last year. But yeah, Kubo's mm, top notch. But I Missing Link won Best Animated for uh, the Golden Globes. So I'm like, I'll give it a shot. I liked it. wasn't It wasn't as good as their other movies, but it was still pretty well done. Okay. So, and then once you see how they did it in the background, it was it was great. Next thing I I watched Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. That's a weird one. That is a weird movie. Uh, first off, the score is phenomenal, haunting, and disturbed. Okay. But phenomenal. Cinematography is really weird because it's shot in four by three, like old school TV in black and white with really really low depth or high depth of field, low depth of field. I words not working, where everything looks like it's on the same plane. So the lighthouse in the background, like half a mile away, is just as just as in focus as the guy in the foreground that's walking up a sand dune going towards the lighthouse, but. It was really good. The the two of them bat, bounced off each other really well. It was just a really trippy movie. So, hmm. And I'm uh, pretty sure that there was more masturbation in that than Hustlers. Wow. And, yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> Sounds wrong. Yeah, weird. Uh, I also got around to watching Shadow, directed by Zhang Yimou. Uh, it's all all black and white, except for skin tone and like bamboo and various color splashes here and there. But that was really, really well done. Um, not going to go much into the story, because that's a weird story, but it was it was good. I liked it. And I caught 90% of Judy, Renee Zellweger's movie. About 90%? Judy that's kind of... I yeah. was kind of walking in and out of the room, but I ended up watching most of it. And? So I liked it. Uh, she was great. She's going to win the Oscar, hands down. Really? But I didn't... Like, I feel like I missed a lot of the story and just wasn't following in it so i'd probably have to rewatch it uh but the big one i watched was 1917 and 
Well, let's go we into that one. Talk about 1972. Yes. I will flat out state that it, I could easily gush for the next hour about this movie <laughs> without any real concept of the fact that I'd be spending an hour talking about it. My favorite of the year had been Ad Astra, and then I saw 1917. All right. It was... It is now my favorite war movie. It was everything that it needed to be. Nothing extraneous. I can't think of a single second you could cut from this movie. I can't think of a single second you would add to this movie to make it any better than what it was. Okay. Yeah, I saw it. And it was one that like immediately started fighting Parasite for my favorite of the year. But then I rewatched Parasite and went, okay, yeah, there's still no competition there. Parasite's still number one. The fact that it made you think that, though. Yeah. Uh, I love 1917. I think the cinematography is astounding. I uh, fully agree, movie. yeah. I love the script continuity, I think, is the, the other, like, subtly most phenomenal thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the continuity between shots, because if something was off, you'd notice it. Yeah, the script supervisor was on their game for this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. The only time I think I may have noticed was when they immediately started like started a new scene as it were, like a new take. Yeah. And I was even then I was like, okay, it could just be the different angle messing with my head. Yeah. And that's only because I knew of the whole it's it's one giant take, giant brackets. Yeah. So for me, the big thing that I noticed having seen it twice, uh, for continuity is when they have the bayonets affixed to the rifles. And then in the next scene where you see the rifle up close, the bayonet is no longer there, but you don't remember ever seeing them take it off and put it away. Oh, yeah. Is that after the explosion? That's after the crash. Yeah. yeah. I legitimately didn't they even had notice it, that. They had it all the way up to the farm, and mm-hmm. they were walking around with them affixed at the beginning of the scene in the farm. And then when you uh, see the gun next, it is on the transport holding it with no bayonet affixed. But then... Didn't he grab it off screen? That's the thing. We don't. I don't ever remember seeing it back into his in the sheath. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. No, but but no, if I did not notice it, at, I did. I, right, it, it, I'd it, have to watch it. I again. noticed it the first time because I kind of questioned, like, where'd the bayonet go? And I didn't think any more of it. The second time, I'm like, the bayonet's definitely not there. I had to have missed something. If that's the only that's the if that's the only thing off though, yeah, that's like, still incredible for what they did do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the costuming was like pitch perfect. Oh, definitely. How did you like the acting of the the two leads? I thought it was fantastic. They did phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Each Never one heard of either of them before. Too. No, each one played the role perfectly. Um, also, too, something I noticed, uh, Devin and I talked about this. The on the helmets, there's that little crest. Yeah, you you mentioned that to me before. Right. So, doing some research, can't find anything about the crest in particular and research for it. But the helmets, um, the American helmet and the English helmet were completely different, but everybody thinks that they're the same. Because they look so similar to each other. Which doesn't surprise me, actually. Right. And the other thing that um, I've come to notice is, um, and this isn't a huge spoiler, but for those of you listening, just so you're aware, um, there's a point where Blake has one. And Schofield doesn't have this crest on their helmet. And they talk about him, Schofield, going home and coming back. Because he was in the Battle of the Somme, which was at the beginning of the war. 
And then oh, yeah. he comes back. So, and this was a common thing for that time period for the Multiple British soldiers. Tours, essentially. Well, that was the thing. They'd be injured or have whatever happened to them. They'd be sent home, and then they would just be expected to come back. Yeah. I I loved all, all of it, and I can... It is two hours of not unrelenting, but perfectly paced tension. Yes. I was tense for probably 90% of it. Mm-hmm. There were very few times where I was able to kind of relax, and... It worked for this movie. One of my favorite parts was easily the song, the singing. I know exactly what you're talking about, and that's yeah. It's I literally closed my eyes during that time to just listen, and it's like that's that was a powerful moment. Yeah, even just seeing the the fact that they're moving through the crowd and back um, to the focus of the scene that was incredibly well done. Whoever they got to sing the song in the first place. The second they actually started registering, like, you, you, we weren't just hearing the faint mutterings off. It's like, oh my god, this man's amazing. Yeah. And the song that they chose for it was spot on. Oh, yeah. It, I can, like, I can tell you that pretty much all of it was beautifully done. They, there, there was a lot of love from everybody involved in making this movie. Mm-hmm. And it completely showed. The part where I real there there were two parts in the beginning that I realized I was going to have a very good time with this. First, just hearing the dark British gallows humor when mm-hmm. they were going when they were going through the trench right after getting their mission, I was like, I'm loving this. So the parts where we're actually going to have the humor to break the tension, I'm going to enjoy because yeah. I that gravitates very much towards my sense of humor. The second part the tension involved with everything in Dead Man's Land. Oh, yeah. The No Man's Land? Yeah, the No Man's Land. Like, I'm not going to say anything, but everything involved with that. I was gripping my chair because I was like, oh, my God. One of the one of the things that I enjoyed um, specifically around that time period or time area is when you see something off in the distance and then you see it up close and you're like, holy crap, that's bigger than I thought it was. Oh, yeah. With the cannon shells. Oh yeah, because you see them at the one point, and then all of a sudden you're next to them. You, it's like, you oh see, my God. you see them going through the field with them. Like, oh, those things were huge. They're as big as their thighs. Yeah, and, and that is having seen photos from that time period. Because again, I'm a I love history, um, and that was one of my favorite parts of American history class was seeing some of the photos. Yeah, that this whole movie tickled you then, didn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah, I was just like. This is the movie for World War One. I've been waiting for guys. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no those those shells. I well, they are as big as as their thighs. Like it is disturbing exactly how big those things are. Yeah. And you have to remember, like there were some of those some of those battles where they're just like dozens upon dozens over an hour are getting pounded at people, and it's like that's gonna mess with you. And you that and you can tell that there's a reason why those uh, going through no man's land the the um, craters are as big as they are. Oh, yeah. And, like, deeper. Way deeper than you expect. Like, when you see the tank? Yeah. Like, you 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 realize, okay, the tank is huge, but that crater is so much bigger. It, it's, <laughs> you, you stand at the top, you will not see that, that tank at all. Well, the yeah. big... If it was in it, you wouldn't see it at yeah, all. The, the last thing I can really say is the fact that for all that it is very much a war movie, 
first off, it's also very much a human movie. Yes. This is this is the trials and tribulations that humans had to deal with back then for with war. And it's such a unique time, as well as the fact it is not nearly as bloody as you'd expect. This is not saving Private Ryan. This no. is not this is not that horrible. It's not going into the meat grinder. It is very intimate. It is very personal. And there's a couple parts in particular that uh, looking up afterwards and then recalling it, you that were, that brought to mind some parts during Lord of the Rings actually, because Tolkien was in that war. Yes, he was. The dead marshes, the bloated bodies, and it's like, how do you recover from that? Right. And if you've seen Tolkien, by the way, which also came out this year, uh. Does that, it touch on that? It there's the half the movie is him in the trenches. It and trying to find a friend of his that he's trying to get to on the other side of the front. I couldn't imagine. I I never want to imagine something like that because it is again, it's a very human movie and it and it hit me in that spot of just like oh. And it's tough. It's a tough watch, and not because it's in any way bad. It's it's the fact that right. you are seeing them struggle, right? And unlike, like, as you said, unlike Saving Private Ryan, where we see the Normandy meat grinder, yeah, okay, there's you, none of that. There's still the horror of war. Like it is all around you. Like I said, it's more intimate. Yeah, and they don't get into the trench warfare as much aspect, which is nice. Which is nice to see. They also don't see hundreds of soldiers going over the top for the most part into no man's land just to like be it's killed by the hundreds. It's yeah. not Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's not Wonder Woman. Which is nice because you don't have to see all the gore. But at the same time, like You still you, get the horror. Yeah, you you can see where the shell shock came from. Even just the jokes, it's like the right before they go right before they go up, it's like uh, if they're about to catch you, just toss it on back. I hate when they get them. Yeah. Just toss the flare on back. I don't I hate when they get these guns. Yeah, it's the like, flare gun. That's like that's kind of dark. Yeah. But no, it all in all unless Parasite changes my mind, which it possibly could, favorite movie of the year, favorite war movie, period. Yeah. And just I I am buying it when it comes to Blu-ray, no questions asked. So, one last thing for me on this movie. This was the movie that I kind of wanted to see uh, Hanks and Spielberg do for World War One, Because they did such a great job covering World War Two. I wanted to see what they could do with World War One, even though America had a part to play in it. It wasn't as big as everybody else that played the part in it. I was. I also like... I apologize. I, I also like the fact that yeah, it was the British movie. Yeah. It was it was from the perspective of the British. Americans didn't really factor in. No, and it was kind of nice. Yeah, and that was the cool thing. And like I said, though, like this is the movie that I wanted to see from them because it covers that human aspect. Private Saving Private Ryan covered that very well. Uh, Band of Brothers and the Pacific covered that very well. And now we've got a great World War One movie. Exactly, and the fact that we got actually two really good World War One movies. They shall not grow old. Yeah, three, sorry. Well, non-documentary movies, because I consider That's They Shall Not Grow Old to be more documentary. 
Yeah. I, I, um, could, I could see the chaos being made for being a slightly, slightly different. Right. But uh, having gotten two um, biopic-type movies for World War One this year that were both fantastic, and then having an amazing documentary, which I also saw twice. Uh, <laughs> Not surprising. Right. And in fact, I, I've been very much thinking about buying it again, or buying it instead of uh, just seeing it, because it was that good. Um, yeah, that's cool. No, it like I'm just very happy. It's a very this. good. It was a very good year for the war boss. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Devin. Yeah. You want to chime in a little bit before we move on to the other? Uh, for me, the pers- the people that get the need the most love for this, other than Sam Mendes, the director, are first time writer too. Yeah, for his first time writing on this. Yeah. Uh, Kristen something. Where is it? I have it up here. Um, Kristen Wilson, Wilson Cairns. They did. Yes. They did phenomenal. Kristen Wilson Cairns. They did absolutely great. If I remember correctly, they're the one that wrote Last Night in Soho with Edgar Wright. Oh, okay. that makes me even more looking oh, yeah. forward to that. Um, but yeah, the screenplay was really well done. But cinematography by Roger Deakins. Damn. Oh man. Um, the other one that I need that I want to kind of throw a little love to that we haven't mentioned is Thomas Newman who did the score. Yes. The score for oh 1917 is awesome. It was haunting. amazing. It is it is a movie yeah. that knows exactly when to when to come in with sounds and also exactly when to shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. Just like uh Dunkirk did a really good job. Nineteen seventeen mm-hmm. does a really good job with pacing in their music. So I can I can imagine like when I actually buy the score, I will hear the music and I will know exactly what scene mm-hmm. is playing out. I will see it in my head oh, because yeah. of how well it was done. I mean I feel the same way when I saw whenever I see a Star Wars movie. Especially yeah. the last three that have come out. I'm uh, sorry, last four that have come out five that have come out. I know exactly when the, they're at in the movie based on what's going on in the sound. Yeah, it's yeah. so no any other people on that you want to mention because uh, I, I want to just kind of give a shout out to Sam Mendes who decided to do this as a one take. That's yeah. just such a ballsy move for something this big. So, and director Sam Mendes just damn, and it worked, worked completely. And, yeah, and I he, mean, uh, Birdman worked, but this is just kind of a different, whole other beast. So the be- the best way I can describe it that I've described it to other people is that it's not steady cam, but it's definitely not jittery. It feels like a, another person walking. It feels like how your vision works, kind of a little bit of a wobble, but you compensate easily. You are a third soldier yeah. following these men. Yeah. And some people see it as a cheap gimmick, don't exactly care for it. That's perfectly valid. I understand the reason the, the reason they would have for that. For me, I was there. I was with them now. I and it hit me that much harder because of it. Yeah. So, going from there, uh, last week Tom and I did kind of a rundown of the nominations the day they came out. I know I saw them, but I yeah. So let's do a a second rundown, uh, mostly for you, James, to kind of <laughs> tell you what's going on with the the nominations, and also if we've had Tom, you or I have had any changes of heart over the past week of any of these particular movies. Yeah. So, real quick. Sure. Yeah, right. First off, Best Visual Effects, up from three nominations previously to five this year. Wow. Yeah. Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, Lion King, 1917, and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. I 
don't see 17 getting it, though it did have some a couple impressive things. Yeah, to me, that's the, the weirdest one for me. Like, it, it never started as more, a visual effect. That was, it was more production design that I would give. Production 17. design and better cinematography. Be. Yeah, but no, visual? Eh, I don't see I don't see 17 doing it at all. To me, I think Endgame probably is going to win it for the sheer amount. Endgame, I could also see uh, Lion King. I could see Lion King getting it for the brilliant visual effects it looks of the yeah. it looks basically like and a, I can a see National them giving it, I can see them giving it to Irishman for, for I don't that. know I couldn't say because I, I don't I've not seen anything with Irishman I've at least seen the trailers for Lion King so I was yeah. like okay yeah that's pretty impressive yeah. what you did so, personally I think Endgame's probably winning it I could see it so. yeah they the fact that so little went wrong visually in that movie isn't it for that long for a three hour movie is impressive in and of itself. Yeah. I fully agree with that. I mean, the movie, there was just so much going on with it. it it's hard to nail down a specific point where you really want to tear it apart without doing a huge in-depth thing. Yeah. It, it had a couple points where it's going to fail, but again, a three hour movie, I think maybe half a dozen points where there was a little something, something a little janky with how much was needed, yeah, that is oh, yeah. impressive. And especially for the last half hour, yeah, are you kidding me? Uh, right. Whatever else my thoughts on it, that last half hour was nuts. I think they'll get the Lord of the Rings Return of the King award as like, this is the conglomeration of the entire Marvel universe. Yeah, so the, for, the, the you last get the Oscar 10 years for the, of Marvel. For all of the times we didn't give you visual effects. Cool. Here's your Oscar. So I think they're going to get that instead of like Irishman or Lion King, which no, which honestly I could I would be completely content with it. Yeah. <laughs> they Marvel has definitely been like the last ten years they have pushed visual, just they push the boundaries I mean, yeah a lot. Anyway, next one. Uh, next up is sound mixing. Uh, I'll just do sound mixing and sound editing. Sound mixing Ford v Ferrari, Joker, nineteen seventeen, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Ad Astra. <sighs> Ooh. Sound editing, Ford v Ferrari, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Star Wars. So the same, except Ad Astra and mixing, and Star Wars and editing. And while I personally, I actually would give it to Ad Astra for uh, mixing. Yeah. It is, it is a really close one between Ad Astra, and I completely know why, Moon Buggy. <laughs> Moon Buggy, all those, the lack of sound, the... But I would be completely happy if Seventeen were to also get were, were were to get the mixing because, again, that's a movie that knows exactly when it needs to be loud and boisterous and when it needs to be completely silent to let yeah. you take in everything. Mm-hmm. Those two, I think, are the. I think Nineteen Seventeen is a front runner, but I think Ford v Ferrari actually has a shot. I think the racing scenes in Ford v Ferrari were really really well done. As for the Joker, for was. The, Editing? I... Joker was pretty good for sound mixing, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was pretty good for sound mixing, but I think the other three are just... That higher, yeah. that much higher. As for editing... Yeah, substitute Ad Astra for Star Wars. I mean, the only one I could kind of, that The only one that I saw and could respect, honestly. Uh, probably just of the ones I've seen, 17. I saw Rise of Skywalker, and it wasn't bad, but... That sound was one of the better parts of it, but... It was, but mm-hmm. it was also... A Star Wars movie. Yeah. I think 1917 gets it. Ford v. Ferrari could be a second. Again, Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood were great. It's just yeah. the other two were more... 
fancy. I'm, I found myself more and more going towards the pretentious, <laughs> snooty level. What yeah. have I become? <laughs> yeah. Well, but, Star Wars is Star Wars. We've seen it a dozen times before. And that's right. Kind of, but it works in its favor because they were able to push what they do more and more. But it works against it because we've seen this before. Yeah. I agree with Devin, though, on this when it comes to everything. I think that at Astra. I think oh, no. Astra yeah. Just because, like, like all things, do it, having sound for things and getting the right levels and everything is great. But also knowing when to use those silences and things like that. That This has been a great year for that, of, of yeah. directors and movies knowing exactly when not to do anything. Yeah. When to just let the, the physicality treat you. And yeah, I will definitely agree. Ad Astra is my front runner for mixing. But I would not be sad at all if seven, 1917 is going to clean up a lot of these tech awards. Yeah. So. I don't think it'll get so much love in the like big categories, the director and the best picture, but I think it'll win a lot of the a lot of the tech a lot stuff. Of the it pushed tech stuff. It pushed a lot of the yeah, tech it, stuff. It pushed nearly as much as uh this year to me at least. Nearly as much as James Cameron or uh Peter Jackson. Yeah, or, gravity is up there. Yeah. Well. Uh yeah. who I don't remember who the uh, Rodriguez? Alfonso Cuaron. Oh. Yeah, Alfonso Cuaron. <laughs> they all did I said a Spanish for name. their movies. So and they push pretty hard when it comes to breaking those limits and trying new things. Yeah. And while I don't think it'll work against it necessarily, the fact that Gravity did the that Ad Astra is following in a very similar vein, a better vein, but a, still a similar vein as Gravity, is at least a something you have to have in the back of your head. Yeah, I think the fact that Gravity and uh, Interstellar both were nominated. I don't even, I don't know if they won for this, but I think Gravity won for it. But I think yeah. that might. It won't work. Ag- I don't think it'll bit. work against it, but it's definitely something to remember in the back of your head. Yeah. yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, short subjects, really quick. Best short: Brotherhood, Nefta Football Club, Neighbors, Widow, Saria, and a Sister. Best short animated: uh, Desera, which means daughter, Hair Love, Kid Bull, Memorable, and Sister. And documentary short: In the Absence, Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone. If you're a girl, Life Overtakes Me, St. Louis Superman, and Walk Run Cha Cha. Yeah. Haven't seen. I've heard of a couple of them, but Whoop. haven't seen any of them. All right. All right. Best production design. <sighs> 1917 better be on. 1917. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit. Not surprising. Yeah. Irishman. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. So for this, I personally, and I mentioned this before, I think it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know what? I can't. Wouldn't I, surprise me. I I didn't even see the movie, but the the trailers. I was like, that is. 19, that is 1960s Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a good chance, especially since it's people in Hollywood. 19, or uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a good shot. 1917, I think, is a good shot just because of, again, the design. It looked authentic. I would love Parasite to win, but I feel like it's up just up against some really harsh competition. Yeah. So I think Parasite is one of those really subtle, well-done production design movies. Well, also the fact that it's not I guess the best way to phrase it, it, it's not nearly as bombastic. It doesn't yeah. seem to have a chance to show off. Like you said, very subtle. Yeah. It's the subtleties of South Korea. Yeah. Which, as we've mentioned before in some cases, it seems like some of those more subtle things are almost a detractor 
for critics and the people who do this kind of uh, the nominations it's and easy voting be, and everything. It's easy to be too subtle. Yeah, and so I think the the people that vote for production design are production designers. Um, so I think production designers do production design, editing do edit or editors do editing and so on. I think production designers will get it. I think they'll see like that's good production design that works. So I think Parasite will get more love than for its design more so than anyone nor like outside of the little production design colony. But I think because of the sheer scope, once upon a time Hollywood 1917. Yeah. Judge a rabbit at the way production design. Yeah. Whatever you say about the Nazis, they dress sharp. <laughs> I'm not wrong. No, I mean costume design when we get there, I think JoJo's up for it. So Yeah. yeah. Um well, that would not surprise me in the least. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, best original song, something from Toy Story Four, Into the Unknown from Frozen Two, Stand Up from Harriet, Didn't say I'm standing with you from Breakthrough, Woo, Religious, and I'm gonna love me again from Rocketman. I have seen none of those. I I've have seen, no opinion. Hundred percent down for Rocketman. Not gonna lie. To me, this is just they need to pad out the runtime so they had original song. That's fair, but again, I still think that it's it's. I personally think it's going to come down to either Rocket Man or Toy Story Four. I think it'll probably end up with Frozen Two. Unfortunately, <sighs> moving on. All right, uh, best original score: Rise of Skywalker. Surprisingly, no one. Nineteen Seventeen. Yeah, there we go. Marriage Story by Randy Newman. Rip. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, Randy Newman's Marriage Story score. So he got to, <laughs> Yeah, so he got to do Toy Story and Marriage Story. <laughs> the, wow. Polar opposites. <laughs> Jeez. Right. Uh, Little Women, Alexandre Desplat. Yeah. Oh, that's who that was. I actually yeah. really did like the score. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. And then Joker by Hilder Gudne Dottir. I'm sorry, 1917. I, yeah, I think 1917 is probably the front line. Yeah. It, it wasn't its own character, but every time it needed to be heard, it was heard. I actually, real after re-watching Joker, I have a whole lot more respect for it. And uh, the score is this just haunting score that I didn't remember for the first time, but it's been like stuck in my head since hmm. I rewatched it. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, if 1917 doesn't get it, I actually really want Joker to win. The fact that it's wow. all these cellos and that like, actually that actually kind yeah. of surprises me. Yeah, like rewatching it, I I kind of watched it with less kind of negative thoughts going into the movie, and I'm like, you yeah. tried to enjoy it for what it was. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it it's a really well made movie, and he's still phenomenal. But like the score was just great. Okay, so. But yeah. I'm I'm pulling for 1970 on score. Yeah. I'm I, I won't even make any sort of apology yeah. for that. I also wouldn't mind Alexander Desplat winning. I just like Alexander Desplat. So it's like saying yeah. name. Yeah. His name. Uh, yeah. best makeup and hair. Bombshell. Not really surprising. No. Uh, Judy. Again, not surprising. surprising yeah. Maleficent two. That came out this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 1917, which was a little surprising, but. So, and Joker. I could see Joker just on the I can just see on, Joker. on the actual main yeah. character. 
the second time through the the makeup I kind of paid attention to the hair the and the stuff I saw yeah. with Bombshell I could I think is Bombshell kind of the forerunner Bombshell's the front runner with the prosthetics on the main three and uh, um, John Lithgow as Roger Ailes I'm just I'm so. I like as much as I love it as much as I, I would love to heap praise on it I'm I'll agree I'm kind of surprised 1970s on there yeah like it, costuming would make perfect sense and it it's up for costume but. Make them make hair, them hair? Kind of weird. Yeah. 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 So. Okay, whatever. But yeah, I think Bombshell's winning that one. Uh, best international feature film? The mm-hmm. way they changed it from best foreign language film, because it would still be a foreign language film in English. <laughs> uh, Corpus Christi from Poland. Never heard of it. Honeyland, the documentary from North Macedonia. Okay. Um, Les Miserables, or the Les Miserables, but literally it's The Miserable from France. Pain and Glory from Spain, Pedro Almodovar movie, and Parasite. <laughs> I wonder what's going to win. Yeah, I know. Well, the two frontrunners are Pain and Glory and Parasite. Well, one of them's a frontrunner for Best Picture, period. Right. So, yeah, Parasite's taking this. Unless everyone votes Parasite for Best Picture, picture. in which case Pain and Glory will win this. Balance it out, yeah. Maybe. We'll, we'll like, I haven't, I haven't watched it. I know that Parasite's probably going to take it. I actually... If Parasite wins Best Picture and Pain and Glory wins this, I actually would not mind. So yeah, I, it's that. one that I really want to watch. I just haven't got around to it yet. Okay. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, All right, Best Cinematography: Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, Once Upon a Time, dot 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 in Hollywood, and 1917. Yeah, 1917. Oh, absolutely. I'll say Lighthouse to me was a really uniquely shot movie so i don't think it has a shot to beat 1917 but any other year it would have and then i think joker's joker's cinematography actually blew me away the second time okay like watching it on a big hd screen i'm like this is really impressive so yeah no but i'm like again like you were saying earlier it's not that they're bad it's that something like 1917 that where it had the focus of what what it wanted to do is just that magnitude higher yeah, like it's not that they're bad; it's that the competition is that good. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, costume design is Irishman, okay, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, nineteen seventeen in that one. Right, that was the one. You know what? I could honestly see Little Women. I could see Little Win- Women. Women costume design. Yes. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. That or Once Upon a Time. I could also see Joker or Jojo Rabbit. Uh, uh, Irishman, they're just suits. You know, what? I I haven't seen any. I haven't like watched the movies, but I I could any of those any of the movies in this one. But I I think my my pick would actually be Little Women, just because Little Women was really well done. I would love to see JoJo take it though. Yeah, I think JoJo for the the costume design is a pretty good one. So we're gonna kind of go over individually. Like these are what we're going to say is our ballot in a couple of weeks. But oh yeah, yeah. I think JoJo has a good shot of winning. Mm-hmm. Right, best documentary feature: American Factory, The Cave, Edge of Democracy, For Sama, and Honeyland again. I actually know For Sama. It was at the film festival. American Factory. That's my life. And then uh, American Factory is up at the film festival. I didn't watch that. What's that about? At a real, real fast. I don't remember. Okay, then. No idea. They're a documentary. And... All right. Uh, so moving on to best editing, film editing: Ford v Ferrari. Deserves it. Irishman needed an editor. Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. No 1917, but because of the way they made the movie, 
post production editing. No, no, your not explanation all to me. That well needed. Yeah, your expl- explanation to me off off mic definitely made sense. Yeah. I'm a little surprised not seeing Ed Astra. I'm a little, but at the same time, like, other than Irishman, all these are really well edited. Yeah. Oh, wait, I remember. Oh, I just realized the production. We've, we've gone with production design, right? Yep. Where the hell was Alita? No visual effects either. No, yep. Alita got no love. Oh, nope. my. That, wow. Not I just all. realized that. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of movies in here that got snubbed hard. So. Oh, yep. Oh, that hurts. Right. Yeah. Wow. But as far as film editing, okay, then. Ford v. Ferrari was really well edited. JoJo and Parasite were really well edited. Joker on second watch, pretty damn well edited. So, like, Joker went from being mediocre to really good just with a second viewing. So. Again, for me, only seeing it once, it's still about an 8 out of 10. So, I mean, it's not terrible. I jumped from, like, a 6 to a 9. Okay. That's a jump. Yeah. So it's also why I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker again. I was expecting that jump in reverse. <laughs> Mine stayed solid where it was. So So uh next up is best animated feature. How to train your dragon the hidden world, which I think is like three. I lost oh, yes. my body from France. Klaus from Netflix, Missing Link from Leica, and Toy Story Four from Pixar. Um, no Frozen Two. Nope. Where's <laughs> Oh my god. No, I've seen Where's two of those feel? movies. I have seen all, but I lost my body. Where's my heavens feel? This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked How to Train Your Dragon. I own it. I own all three of them. Uh, I it was okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I really liked it. I Visually, like I it was beautiful. It. Visually, it was beautiful. They they do a really good job with it for animation. But my vote out of the ones I've seen, out of the two I've seen, was Toy Story Four. Without a doubt. <laughs> Obligatory. They made a four. No. The way this ends, there won't be a four. Not what I meant. Sorry. Wrong series. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah I'm I, sorry. <laughs> I, I really like Toy Story 4. <laughs> uh, I really like... I liked Missing Link, and I really like Klaus, but I'd pick Toy Story 4. Yeah, I mean, Toy Story 4 was just very well done from beginning to end. Yeah. And it wrapped everything up greatly Yeah, for me, so... So... Uh... We're going to, all that I have now is a bunch of um, actors and the screenplay, director, and best picture. So, best original screenplay, Knives Out by Ryan Johnson, Marriage Story, written by Noah Baumbach, 1917, written by Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson-Cairns, Once Upon a Time, by dot, 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 in Hollywood, uh, Quentin Tarantino, and Parasite by Bong Joon-ho and Han Jin-wong. That's a mouthful. That's that's a tough choice too. Yeah, like, I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not his best script, so I don't think so. I like 1917, but particularly the script is not what's memorable about. I'll, it. Absolutely not. I I will I will one hundred percent agree with well, that. Well, well written movie. When it yeah. needs to speak, it speaks well. <laughs> no. It's not the dialogue is not the focus. And no, no I completely understand and I agree. Yeah. Knives mm. Out was really good. <sighs> not perfect. And as much as I absolutely love Parasite, it's not the best Marriage Story. Marriage Story is hands 100%. down one of the best written screenplays. I of the year. don't really have a plan to watch the whole thing, but the five minute argument between yeah. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson alone sold me on just yeah. the fact that like it was very well done. 
and those two deserve better acting roles. Yeah, because I holy think, crap! I think they're they're going to get a lot because of the because of this year. So yeah, I agree that Marriage Story should be taking this one. It's an amazing movie to me. If not per, if not Marriage Story, it's Parasite. But I think the fact that it's in um, Korean is going to severely hurt it. Like hurt. Yeah, because you're basically reading the script. No, no, so, I completely understand. You can sometimes get context, but that's why, that's why as much as people hate it, it's like I prefer I prefer dubbing to subbing is because I I don't, especially with the way the movies usually do subtitles. I will read before it's over. That's yeah. why I like it happens very rarely. I love when it's like constantly scrolling subtitles. It's not just here's a sentence, here's a sentence. It's like it's speaking at the exact same time yeah. as it's coming up. Yeah, hard I mean, to do, but it's worth it. I think Parasite does a good job, but still, it's it's Marriage Story this year. Yeah, and I love Marriage Story, so it's hard to hard to argue. Hard to be sad about that. <laughs> nope. Uh, for best adapted, we have Steve Zion's script for Irishman, yeah. Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit, <laughs> Todd Phillips and Scott Silver for the non-improvised parts of Joker. <laughs> because let's be honest, uh, someone just went off on his own. His own side side storyline in that. Yeah. Uh, Greta Gerwig wrote the adaptation of Two Women or Little Women, yeah, and then women. Anthony McCartan wrote the Two Popes. Oh, I need to see that. Oof. Two Popes oh, is awesome. Uh, oh, that's that's up there for me. I, I need to see. I'll be honest. The seeing some of the behind the scenes of the stuff for Joker, um, I want to know how much of Joaquin Phoenix's lines are actually scripted because i believe that they are all scripted but they feel so natural that it feels like he improv some of them and if that is actually scripted that deserves it even over two popes i think two popes is great but i, I am, think jokers joker is a damn good script i am surprised jojo rabbit is an adaptation yeah it's based on caging skies i believe yeah yeah that actually kind of surprises me yeah but okay Little Women was good. I actually really like the adaptation of it. Then Irishman, meh. It's just, it's a huge script. Yeah. So, But Two Popes was damn well written, damn well acted. So either Joker or Two Popes for you? Yeah. It's just <laughs> weird, because I never thought I'd actually give so much praise to Joker. Hey. For me, well, that's just that's everything bad. I'd still have to say, Two Popes. Yeah. No, I so. Uh, as far as supporting actresses go, uh, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, who played Amy, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. I got nothing. Uh, probably going to Laura Dern. Yeah. Laura Dern was great. Cool. Um, I, I could see Richard Jewell at Bombshell. I wouldn't be sad if Florence won it, but at the same time, I agree, Laura Dern. All right, then actor. Uh, supporting actor, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Playing, playing Mr. Rogers. Wait, he's a support. Nope. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. He's a supporting actor. Anthony Hopkins, who played Pope Benedict in Two Popes. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for The Irishman and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Because they never put the whole title in here. Uh, Brad Pitt's going to win it. Yeah. Joe Pesci and Al Pacino are going to cancel each other out, and Anthony Hopkins wasn't big enough to, to um, win it. So. Oh, I mean, okay. he did a great job, but I agree. Yeah. Looking like Brad Pitt. Uh, best Actress, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Deserves it. 
Saoirse Ronan for uh, Little Women, Charlize, Ther Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. So handsome. I mm, I would love to see Scarlett Johansson win, but I think Renee Zellweger is going to steal it from Judy. Really? Well, yeah, because Judy was uh, in theaters movie versus just a Netflix movie. Also, <sighs> she's better. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Wait, what? Uh, Renee Zellweger was phenomenal. Okay. I mean, Scarlett Johansson was great in Marriage Story, and you saw the best scene in the movie, but yeah, Renee Zellweger That's, was great. Okay. Now I need and to see Judy. I would love to see... Um, uh, yeah, I'm a little curious, actually. I would love to see Saoirse Ronan finally win, but it won't be for Little Woman. She <laughs> was great in it. Which is both just, good and bad. It, she was great in it. It was just more of an ensemble than she probably needed. Yeah. Um, best actor, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Awesome. I love Antonio Banderas. DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Jonathan Price and Two Popes, who played uh, Francis. Pope Francis, yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin and in a surprise, apparently Phoenix for you? Joaquin, he, Joaquin Phoenix has kind of always been my my pick for probably winning. But he's a good actor. He's a very he's good a actor. Phenomenal actor. Yeah. And seeing him outside of character just makes you realize how great of a damn actor well, he is. Even like I, n I never watched the movie, but Walk the Line, where he did yeah. he did Johnny Cash. It's like I looked at that. It's like that is a young Johnny Cash. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So I think, yeah, I think uh, I would love to see um, Adam Driver win or Antonio Banderas, but it is Joaquin. All yeah. the way this year, hundred percent so. agree. For Joker, that is legitimately kind of surprising. Joker again. <laughs> yep. Another without Oscar the toward... without the um, <laughs> the Same. shall we say tragedy yeah. hangover. Yeah. 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 But uh, now on to the big two. Uh, best director: Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, <laughs> Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon Ho for Parasite. Unless, unless seventeen's mine just mine is between Bong Joon Ho and Sam Mendes. I'm with you on that one, Devin. But I I want Bong Joon Ho to win. I've been pimping the dude since like 2003. <laughs> Whenever the host came out, I'm like, I love this director. Awesome. I loved Mother. I loved Memories of Murder. I loved uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Yeah, I just Snowpiercer I was my dog's never bite. I I love this director yeah, and I too. want him to win. He's such a cool dude. Like he's such a nice guy. I mean, it'd be it'd be a hell of a thing. Yeah, and it would be what six years in a row that a foreign director won Best Director. Like I want, I would, I would love 1917 to uh, to win, but I would, I would not in any way be upset even having not seen it yet. Yeah. If Bong Joon Ho got it for yeah, got it for Parasite, I would and not be upset at all. Him winning it and that being six years in a row, that says something. Given the current climate of what everybody keeps talking about, Alfonso Cuarón, Alfonso Cuarón, um, uh, Guillermo del Toro, and Alejandro Iñárritu twice. Yeah. Yep, but it's yeah. not diverse anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's anyway, your diversity card, guys. Uh, there's guess. your diversity card. Uh, foreign language people get it apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh, and then best movie of the year. And then best pictures: Parasite, awesome. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, okay. 1917, cool. Marriage Story. Cool. Little Women. Cool. Joker. Cool. Jojo Rabbit. Cool. Irishman. Meh. Ford B. Ferrari. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the surprise. That's the surprise for me. I feel like that was like the ninth one that got in. And that beat out some of the other ones. But like the only yeah. the only two on there that I would disagree and even not disagree with, like just kind of go, huh? 
is the Ford v. Ferrari and the Scorsese one. Irishman, mm-hmm. Irishman. See, the Irishman's not a bad movie. It's just, it's not personally my favorite. Like, it's not my taste in it. It's just over long and kind of... I would love if I were to watch it and I'd be the exact opposite of you. It would, a lot of people are. And I, I just, I'm not a huge fan of it. See, not having seen it, but hearing everything that I have about it from you and a bunch of other people, it almost makes me think that they're giving it to it just because Scorsese. of the length and Scorsese. Yeah, and I've never been a huge Scorsese fan. The biggest like, problem is he's I a would... good director, but... I mean, he has, there are definitely a couple of movies of his that I'm like, oh man, that is a great movie. He's Otherwise, a great director, he's just, he makes movies that I don't particularly love. Either way, there's, there's definitely a couple on there that I would be more than happy if they won. Again, haven't seen it, but Parasite, 1917, obviously. Uh, from everything you're saying from the second time around, I Joker, I guess? Like, that's kind I of... I don't think Joker will win. I honestly think Parasite has a really strong chance. Um, but I think Parasite, Once Upon a Time, and 1917 are probably the front runners. Yeah, so for me, my favorites that I would love to see would be Parasite, 1917, or Jojo Rabbit. But I think Jojo Rabbit's kind of on a second tier as far as like potentially winning. Yeah. And you said Two Popes is on this list, right? No, 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 no. Sorry. My bad. Not the best director. I think you have to look at who is best director and then one of those five will probably win best best picture because yeah. usually kind of goes hand in hand hand yeah. in hand yeah usually the best picture is also best director which would kind of make sense because so. if yeah. they were the best director then obviously mm-hmm. they're going to have one of the best yeah. movies yeah but yeah that's this year's ballot um the biggest snub to me is farewell no love at all. Aquafina didn't have a nomination. No writing. No directing. Yeah, nothing. And everything man. you said, like, yeah, I, 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 I love the movie. I remember how emotionally you got yeah. talking about. It. I was like, I love the movie. So, so I'm sad it didn't get anything. That um, and, and like I like I realized earlier, Alita didn't get diddly. Yeah, Alita didn't get any any of the tech stuff like that. Um, which I'm not super surprised. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. I wish that Astra got a little bit more. But I'm yeah. fine with it not. Um, it got stuff. It got. It yeah. did get a couple things, so I can't. But there are a few other ones here and there that I'm just like. Besides, you can make not. a case for Alita being animated. Yeah. Uh, Considering how much CG was involved in that movie, I'd make a case for it. Sure. Yeah, there are a number of other ones that I saw this year that I, I wish got a little bit of love, but so all in all, you. not a terrible ballot. Yeah. No. So. Uh, I also would have loved to see um, Shia LaBeouf get something for Honey Boy. Oh, that's what that that one yeah. was. Oh my god! Either that or Peanut Butter Falcon. Those are yeah, like the two that I kind of wish that he got a little bit of love this year. But all right then. So now I'm caught up. Yeah. Yep. So now you're caught up. Uh, try watching Parasite before next year or next week. Next year, I think I can do that. <laughs> say that, but yeah, try watching Parasite and Jojo. So yeah. Anyway, we'll be back. Those are the two I definitely want to get. We'll be back uh, in a couple of days with our least favorites of the year. Or our colossal um, messes of the year. So. Problematic ones. So yeah, we'll be back. Um, watch more movies, blah, blah, blah. Yep, we'll see you in a couple days. Take care, folks. Yep.